Welcome to the Sunday edition of The Sleeper and the Bust. I am Justin Mason, not joined this week by Jason Collette, who's out of town uh, celebrating his kid's birthday. So I had to bring in a ringer. I had to bring in someone <laughs> who could pinch hit for the great Jason Collette. That is John Legaza at MLB Moving Average. You know him from Cork Stats. John, welcome to the show. Joss, man, what's up? It's so funny for us to even joke off air, like, how are we going to fill the airtime? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, it, right? <laughs> I had to find someone who could do it, because you know me, I yeah. don't like to talk. So, Although, isn't this funny? Check it out. As short as the outline may have been, I feel pretty confident saying, I don't think we could actually cover it all, right? It'd be impossible to cover it all. And in case you're wondering, the outline just said baseball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there's no way we're actually going to get through everything in an hour, but we will try our best. Um, remind everybody where you create social, social media. I just oh, thank you so much. Yeah, average. And, right. uh, and oh, then sorry, uh, plug, plug everything you're, you're doing right now because you do yeah. a lot. Thank you. You're as you're a better host than me. I forget all the time to plug my own stuff, to plug my guest stuff, whatever. So, yeah, Monday through Friday, we're doing... Gosh, I don't even know what you'd call it. We're just running the whole gamut at Mail Media Net on YouTube, but it's also a podcast. You know, you could... Cork Stats or Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets was the original one. So they're kind of doing the Powered by Mayo Media Net thing, which is really cool. It's daily fantasy and betting. But for the fantasy crowd, for the five or seven minutes, because it's a very quick show. You know, it's three segments, only 20 minutes. For the five to seven minutes every day in fantasy that I do, I really do try and make it matter. And if anyone hasn't seen it yet, I really – it's like I said, it's just a couple minutes, and you could see it on Twitter, little bits of like Tuesday and Wednesday – you know, I have access to stats and time-sorted stuff, you and I, that maybe not everyone else does, especially now we've seen barrels kind of take a step back in their subsequent production or the production we expect in them. To have things like Blast, a Blast is not a stat that's on Fangraphs. It's not on StatCast either. So, I, you know, using these stats to kind of look for diamonds in the rough, we do it on Tuesday and Wednesday, starting pitchers and hitters, and then, you know, waiver ads and platoon stuff on Friday. So it's been a lot of fun, yeah. So you can really just check it out and, Again, you can tell right off the bat. It's 100 miles an hour, of course. You know. Yeah, yeah. If you are into high-octane information, <laughs> John is the guy for you. Uh, so definitely go give him a follow over on Twitter Thanks, and uh, and follow all of his work. Uh, we're going to talk about just a couple of news and notes. I don't know if I forgot anything, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go digging right now. Um, and then we'll uh, and then we're going to talk about kind of some of the big fab ads of the week. Uh, Jaron Duran has recall, uh, been recalled from the minor leagues. Jackie Bradley Jr. is on the paternity list. So this may be a quick stay. Do you think Duran has any staying power? I, as much as I want him to, this time around, I really don't think so because I can't believe I'm saying this. Jackie Bradley Jr. is hitting, you know, and he always brought the other stuff, right? You were going to get good base running. You were going to get quality defense, even though it might have taken a small step back. He's hitting right now. So – He's not going anywhere. If he comes back, I don't think Duran gets a, a good spot. And Boston's been weird, right? They've kind of shown us that, Justin. They've been kind of reticent, right? And there's the guy I liked. You know, listen, I'm very open. I like Dalback coming in. I didn't think he was going to get bumped out by Franchi Cordero. But I did think if Dalback did not produce, which I thought could happen, that it'd be Tristan Casas, right, in that spot. So Boston has been very hard to predict at least on my end. I'm not a, much of a prospect guy for me. I'm very much a low-hanging fruit prospect guy. Bring up the best guy now type of guy and we're not getting that from boston so it's kind of hard to predict yeah i don't think i don't like duran staying up at the majors yeah. i mean he he seemed to be playing fine when he was up last time and they just decided to send it back down 
uh, with uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. in town. Yeah. So it just it doesn't seem that they're committed to giving Duran a real shot at the majors for right now. Once they start to sell, I assume they will sell at some point. They're fourth in the division. Yeah. You know, they're under 500. I, I think they're going to fall out of it pretty quick. Then maybe we see Duran, maybe we see Kazas, but I think for now they're probably mid-summer ads. Yeah. Uh, hey, Justin, you know let me ask because we mentioned, right, let's make it useful. We're mentioning the weird usage from Boston. Do you think the weird usage has held them back in particular as far as pitching goes, right? Coming into the season, now, I was not really drafting Whitlock, and I was not really drafting Hauk, but I was mm-hmm. very clear about how good I thought they were. And I feel like maybe they got too cute when it was like, let's get – I mean, even though Waka was good, but it's guys of that elk, right? Let's get Garrett Richards and Michael Waka and try and – are we trying? Are you trying to win the AL East or not? And if you are trying to win the AL East, for me, it's guys like Hauk and Whitlock that get you there and not those other retread kind of guys, you know? I don't think they were ever really trying to win the East. Wow. I mean, you, you, you can't, Dude, you can't tell move. me. Yeah, good play. Sure. Yeah, you can't tell me with the roster they put together for this season, especially in the bullpen uh, and in the rotation, yeah. that you're trying wow. to sure. win. Win a division is good as the AL East. I mean, you've got Tampa Bay who's always fantastic. Yeah. We all knew Toronto was going to be on the rise. Yeah. The Yankees were a couple of pieces away from being really, really good, and they didn't even get those pieces and are still really, really good. Like, Yeah, that's kind um, of the pendulum swing from last year, right? The Again, I'm really the pessimistic Yankee fan. I'm the opposite of most. Obviously, Yankee fan before was cool, Justin. Like, if you haven't booed Rafael Santana, you're not really my kind of Yankee <laughs> fan. Trust me, I saw it in real time. And again, I was listen, I like to see people involved in baseball regardless, so that maybe trumps the whole thing. But trust me, the number of Yankee hats that you'd see pre-1994 and post-2000, you know, 2000, it's insane, like orders of magnitude. So I'm always kind of pessimistic on the Yankees, but they could hit. And last year, just range of outcomes-wise, it was not happening for them. It kind of similar to what Toronto was going through early this season, it felt like, right? Just maybe lack of production with runners on, just some bad batted ball luck with two outs. You know, that, that kind of stuff can pile up sometimes. You don't see it in a run column. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about, I think it was on Thursday, I mean, Paul, about how there's so many um, really good but poorly constructed teams. Uh, and not to say that the Yankees, I think the Yankees are a really, really good team. It's just so weirdly constructed. Imagine if they had constructed that outfield, especially a little bit better, a little bit better defense. Like, man, that could be a really, really good team. Like one of the greats, yeah. And again, I, gosh, it makes me feel dirty talking about the Yankees in this matter. But yeah, you're right. And I think part of this is trying to build a boat in the middle of the ocean, right? We've had this kind of distinct change in the run environment. And now within that within that change, we're now experiencing another change. Mm-hmm. So I think now looking forward, I don't, I don't think the Yankees would be behind guys like a Gallo, right? Because we've seen, uh, whatever, not to be too dead, but... To oversimplify, it seems like at least hang time is the enemy of the home run right now, right? Mm-hmm. And Gallo is the hang time king, right? This guy's hitting like or the 35 degree barrel, right? That the barrel on the high end, I think we need to clip that that very top bin, that five, that top five degrees off of a barrel. And I bet you would probably make it more impactful because those seem to be the balls that are not working, and those are the kind of guys hitting them. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, Edwin Rios, he hits the IL, I think, with an abdominal tear. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on whether you'd be willing to kind of stash Rios? He he had started to really hit, started to play more. Uh, he was a guy I really liked. He's on a lot of my DC teams, uh, uh, fortunately, and now, unfortunately. 
It weird yeah. thoughts on Rios. It's, it, man, it's, I kind of got whipsawed. I like to be very honest. I'm very transparent in my approach. Like I could easily say, oh, no, whatever, too bad. I, I already missed the boat. By the time I had missed the boat, I will, I didn't even know what was going on. The Dodgers are so deep. All the, I just – I have a blind spot for them. They play after I go to bed a lot of times. Sounds funny, but it's true. But it's true. We have we, a lot of times us East Coasters, especially myself, I'm up before the crack of dawn here. We get a lot of our West Coast news through the through print, through box score and digital mm-hmm. media or whatever. So I kind of missed Rios. And then I started seeing that he was hitting against both handed pitchers and was like, oh no, this could be the guy. A lot of people have been talking about uh, in a recent pod, it might have been one of the athletic pods. Rios are probably starting for eight or nine teams right now. Yeah. So if you do have a spot, like yeah, I I might cut like a lesser injured guy to fill him in in that IL spot because in IL leagues, I know you it's something you talk about a lot, which I really love your work so much, Justin. Is we get very NFB centric because it's the easiest to compare and it probably is the most rigid format. But a lot of people have IL spots, and there's a separate layer of strategies to to playing those and i have it in my home league and you really want to be sharp you know i didn't realize that we i have guys in my home league they draft the last three rounds as all injured guys because they know mm-hmm. they're going to auto store them and get new free agent guys and it's very sharp yep you should be doing that you should be maximizing those yes. il spots exactly. if you can i think he's one of those guys that if you can hold them max muncie's progression in the in the in his rehab starts, has been kind of slow. Uh, he hasn't even looked particularly good yet in those rehab yeah. starts. So, um, I would try to hold on to uh, Rios. I really like. Like I said, if he was on a different team, he'd probably be a full time starter uh, yeah. and be a pretty darn good player. So, yeah. uh, speaking of potentially a pretty darn good player, Travis yeah. Swaggerty is making his major league debut today. Now, if you are playing an NFBC. That sucks. Sunday's uh, debuts suck because you cannot pick them up right. that night in Fab. But for the rest of you uh, who play in ESPN or Yahoo or CBS, you can go pick him up in Fab this week. This is the uh, Pirates' top prospect. What are your thoughts on Swaggerty? Is he worth a grab? Well, I'd, I'd like to profess my love quickly for James Anderson. Thank you very much, James, because he's my prospect guy for all the work I do, Justin. I'm, again, very transparent. I outsource my prospect work. I feel it's a specialty sector of ours, right, in this thing of ours. And James, to me, is the best because he is so reticent of drafting prospects. But when James is actively drafting players for this current season, draft and hold or not. I circle those guys. So it was Riley Green and Travis Swaggerty. So I'm really excited because I have him in quite a few spots in draft and holds. I don't know if he's – I guess we'll get a week to see if he's 12-team relevant. But to the strategy with that, I have found – I mean, home league's got a bad rap. My home league is extremely sharp. I don't – you can't really wait a week to see if he's good. You know, you kind of have to get on it now. So I would suggest going for it. Pittsburgh, unlike Boston, I am loving the usage. I real now they were a little disappointing with um, Rowanzi at first, and then O'Neill Cruz. But then O'Neill Cruz had a bit of an injury, so we, I, you know, people are crying for him to be forced up. Let's wait till he's healthy first. But right now, it's everybody we want to see. I mean, you know, Tukapita Marcano, he yoked Bueller and Julio Urias back to back days. That is not nothing where I come from. So, like, I just like that they're pushing people forward. So, the Pirates is a place of opportunity, something you talk about all the time. Shopping in, like, shopping in the bar, shopping in the bad teams, because those mm-hmm. opportunities are the commodity of which our game is based on. But people get so hooked to these stupid jerseys. You know what I mean? Like, you chase Miguel Andahar, who got option, right? And, and, and I'll chase Travis Swaggerty. 
Yeah, I mean, Swaggerty, I think, is the must-add this week yeah, if, you, if you're in, uh, you know, in a, any spot where he's available. Unfortunately for me, I play mostly NFBC, so uh, he's not going to be available for me, I don't think, in any leagues. Um, but uh, he's got power, he's got speed. The only concerning thing is he went from a guy who was, you know, um, striking out about 20% of the time last year in AAA to a guy who's now striking, been striking out 20% of the time. In AAA, that's a bit concerning when you're now going to make that jump up to um, up to the majors. And, you know, and James Anderson, great guy, one of the guys I rely on for a lot of my prospect stuff as well. Uh, you know, he talked about how AAA doesn't have as strong of pitching as yeah. it used to. Um, and so a little concerning to see that strikeout rate. I still think he is a potentially impactful bat. Uh I'm surprised the Pirates are bringing him up as early as they are, but like you said, they've been aggressive yeah. on everybody except for O'Neill Cruz, um, which is the guy I need them to be aggressive. On. <laughs> it's holding on so. to him. I know he had been holding on to him for way too long. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think I would be somewhat aggressive. I think he, you know, in a thousand dollar Fab League, he's at least a fifty dollar bid. Um, Justin, can I ask you a question on Swaggerty? Mm -hmm. Because I'm looking at it, and you do get power, but I think without the speed, I'm having trouble. Like, 12-team point, 12-team roto, absolutely, because of the speed. 12-team point leagues, he's never really been a big kind of OPS guy, and I'm not sure if I have him there yet. Well, how about for somebody like me? Do you think I need to jump on him in head-to-head in -head leagues where it's, you know, like I said, points is not necessarily OPS, but OPS is the best way to translate it. That's... um. Hmm, that's a good question. I don't play a lot of points leagues, but I, especially if he's, you know, especially if he's going to strike out at the rates that he has in the minor leagues, that might be a pass. Well, he does walk, so you get the extra points for the walks. Right. Po point leagues are funny because they're very now, right? It's very, yeah. and you need a lot. You need, you need everything now, and it's, what have you done for me lately? So I'm not there. I'm not sure. Like I, I, I added Swaggerty to my bid list, and then I removed him. And it's been fun, and I, I really enjoy covering point league stuff. And it's funny. It's not. I don't know. It's just not very popular. It's it doesn't or it is popular with people. It's not popular as far as coverage goes. But I enjoy talking about it. You know, because there really are other strategies here. Hmm. I'm interested to see what his playing time situation is going to look like too. Because I mean, they they brought up Cal Mitchell. Uh, you know, obviously he's not yeah. taking Brian Reynolds' spot, um, and Swinsky has been playing somewhat decently. Yeah, it, it's I mean, full. I, yeah, I mean, I guess they could just you know sit or platoon Vogelbach and Chavez, but Chavez is playing so well. Why would you want to do that? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I think at a points league, I'd probably be a little bit less aggressive. Yeah, I think I'd try to add him just on the case he's got, you know, because he's got that upside. But I, you know, I, I do worry that when you're kind of banking on week to week stats, he might be pretty streaky when he first comes up, especially if that uh, that strikeout rate holds. Yeah, that's funny. The, the Pirates right now are the best daily team. Right, if you have a daily mm -hmm. moves league or a you're into daily fantasy DFS jock market, whatever. The Pirates are where you want to be because they're they're they have a lot of impact. You mentioned Chavis, man. Chavis killing lefties and stuff like that. You know, you'll get them on those days, super cheap, and guys like that float your offense. Yeah, the Pirates. Pirates yeah. are. I love the bad teams, man. I really do because I love the production of bad teams. It so often gets overlooked. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's exactly right. I think on a bad a bad teams, guys 
tend to kind of just write them off before they get a chance. Swaggerty is a legit prospect too. Like yep, he's a, um, I don't, I don't think he gets enough love uh, out in kind of. They're the, almost a lineup, show. Justin. Don't look now. This is, this is almost a lineup. <laughs> this was why I was so high on O'Neill Cruz and Brian Reynolds coming in the start of the season because I was like, this lineup is better than people are going to give it credit for. Like they are not the A's rolling out a crappy team you know, day in and day out. This is uh this is, you know, a legit um you know potential major league lineup. You know, and yeah, they're, they're playing five hundred ball. Wanna hear some cool stuff? Because mm-hmm. I, I have my I have all my handicapping sheets up. So Pittsburgh Pirates, this is year to date. Again, I just have these things up already. Second in the major leagues, year to date in in zone contact rate. So like I mean it's not, you know, mm-hmm. I mean it's as big of a sample as I can give you all the entire season. And also check this out. They are top five in chase rate, below 30% as a team. You know, they're they're doing a lot of discipline things. They're top 10 in walk rate. So these are things we kind of look for as, as far as, especially in terms of maturity with such a young team, as far as birth age goes. There's a lot to like about Spirits team, man. There really is funny. You never thought we'd be saying that, but it's true. <laughs> Let's uh let's move into some more fab stuff. Edward Cabrera came up and made his 22 debut uh at Colorado and put up a gem. I mean, six scoreless innings, struck out nine. There were four walks in the outing. Are you going to grab Edward Cabrera who actually lines up to face the Astros this week? Uh, man, it's too bad. It was I was liking the Astro matchup. I was hoping he was going to get beat up in Coors, frankly, and to keep the price down for this weekend. The gem in Coors probably probably did all that eliminate that from happening. The advanced stats, though, grant there's only one game, though it was in Coors, were just off off the page of swing strike stuff. Ridiculous. How about this? He had a 55% whiff rate on the four seamer. He had a 45% whiff rate. On the changeup, he had a 50% whiff rate on the curveball. I mean, all the X lugs, the highest X lug was 130. You know, so just not even a ball that was caught. No one touched anything. He was as good as you could be in a single start. So you add him, even if you're going to sit him against Houston, if you think I might have been out of character, because the Houston offense really is very good right now. I'm trying not to go up against him. Cabrera is whatever you got to spend, to be honest. You know, he really is. I hate to be like, it's never all in. You need to save money for zero dollar bid leagues but then you should do the math if we have 16 weeks save three bucks a week or four bucks a week and whatever's left of that that's what you spend on cabrera if you need it because i think he's pretty much the last one right grayson rodriguez is hurt he's hurt yeah and we don't know about right now we can't project this season production for grayson rodriguez as much as people want to don't throw things at me i'm sorry brian bellow also but 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 we mentioned that red sox usage so right now, the most coveted piece to have is Edward Cabrera. He's the most coveted piece in the entire game, I think, in covering all the you know ancillary leagues, minors and whatnot. So you got to go for it. Whatever you got, I think that's it. He's the not hand, you know? Man, he scares the crap out of me. I love Edward uh, Cabrera. I, I think he is um, extremely talented. The problem is the walks. And if he loses his command, those walks will come back to bite him. He's going to be one of those guys who's going to, put up three really good starts and then put up just an atrocious one. Hopefully um, it's telegraphed, you know, hopefully they telegraph it. We could avoid, but I mean, it's hard because there's no way you would have started him 
for this Colorado. I mean, I mean, I, I can't imagine many people started him at Colorado. Um, I, I would not might, start right? him. But now you might go forward. I wouldn't. No, I, I just no. There's just too much potential for blow up. I, he's not a guy I'm going to be super aggressive on. Uh, on today, I just I don't like those guys that can ruin your ratios in just one yeah. start. And he, I mean, when you're walking four batters per nine, that's, that's just that is. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> I mean, we we saw the stuff last time it was up, but his homer rate was problem. You know, when he loses that command, he really, really struggles. So I think he is a guy you want to put bids on. I'm not going to go triple digits. You know, no, I'm not going to go 10%. You're not going to get him. Right? Yeah, and I'm okay. I'm, I'm yeah. okay with that. I'm, I'm totally fine going after the lowly two-start guys this week instead. So yeah, hey, listen. I, I think guys like uh, Ashcroft is a perfectly mm-hmm. cromulent right. I'll fill in for Paul as good as I can. A perfectly cromulent addition right there. And uh, Stripling is a decent little two stepper. He's down there. Not. A, I'm a little worried about the workload game one. I think I was talking to Jake Seely about this. I think he's maxed out at like 40 pitches the last month. Let's say so. I, they'll they'll get him there. So maybe he only throws 65, 70. So getting the five might be a little hairy, but Stripling is probably going to give you 10 total innings this week, right? So he's mm-hmm. yeah he's up there. Yeah, I, I hear you. I'm, like I said, I like Ashcroft. I liked Overton before that, which I'm getting at when you end it on the green and the bad team bias, Justin, let's tie it all together. The Reds are pitching. And like, so don't – people are yeah. so – they started one in 6,000, throw everything away, that's red. All right, well, that's kind of over now. They look good. Like I'm, I'm, I've been betting on the Reds. I've been betting on the Pirates. Like this is how I make money, you know? Exactly. Uh, speaking of starting pitchers, Steven Strasburg threw a six-inning gem oh, in his cool. most recent uh, rehab start. Are you stashing him for his eventual return, which may come as soon as next week? I, I'm not. I'm not sure what situation you'd be able to acquire him in. Right? Like most people, he's probably one of those earned IL spots. Right? We mentioned players mm-hmm. that kind of earn those spots. I would think Strasburg is one of those. If he's available, again, I would say go for it. I'd probably, if we're considering like cost and everything, I'd probably like him over Edward Cabrera because I think he might be, they probably have the same kind of like volatility index, but Strasburg will probably be a little bit cheaper and maybe people aren't as hip to it right now, right? Cabrera just, that core start just lit everything on fire. Social media was ablaze. All the blurbs on every website were ablaze. So there's no fooling anybody with Cabrera. Strasburg, there's a chance between some people that are like, oh, he burned me. I don't like him. And people that don't know what's going on. If he's available, I'd definitely circle him. I don't know about Would you try and trade for him? Depends what you got, right? No, uh, yeah. <laughs> not, I, I am not a Strasburg guy. Um, he, he's had just way too many injuries. I will say he is – Available in about 25% of CBS leagues and about 50% of ESPN leagues. Um, so that gives you your kind of 10 and you know 10 team leagues for ESPN, right. 12 team leagues for CBS. So if you're in a 10 team league, go check your wire. I mean, yeah. there's there's no sense in not picking him up if he is available. Um, oh, I have a cool question about this. This is something mm-hmm. I mentioned on my show. And again, I, I'm always trying to appeal. So like, I talk to Zach, I talk to Rob, Deadpool. I'm really trying to make those five minutes matter to people that, that care. And Zach reached out to me about something I had said on my show, which I, I'm really curious of your take because this is something I feel like I've noticed. So I'm doing 10, 12, and 15-team ads for hitting. There are distinct levels where you say, no, this guy's 10, this guy's 12. Justin, I don't have a 10, 12, and 15-team ad. I just have a pitcher bin that it's like there aren't – even in 10-team leagues, that's what I'm going. It, it's There's almost – 
God, I hate to be binary because my entire kind of character is built on nuance. It's become like yes or no. There's like the the commodus thumbs up or thumbs down. A guy's either fantasy viable or he's not fantasy viable. Steven is a fantasy guy. You got to like that. I, it's 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 almost like whoever you think could pitch right now, especially with this uptick in offense, kind of bringing back to earth some of the guys we thought it might. Pitching is really going to become hard. You know, it's going to yeah. become very difficult to traverse these minefields. And if you have a chance at anybody, this is how I'm looking at it. If you have a chance at anybody, like I've been sitting on Brian Bellow for weeks in a points league where I normally don't. I normally have active guys because I'm looking to maximize two starts. But I don't have the luxury right now. Yeah, I, I think I think you bring up a really good point. And it's um, to me, it's more a matter who you're dropping, right? Like I, I think most pitchers are viable in, in a lot of different spots. Um, you know, a guy like Ashcraft this week is a really, really good two start in any format. Yeah. Right. But it's a matter of what are you willing to drop to get him is the difference between a 10 and a 15 or 10 and a 12. Um, I wouldn't drop a lot for Steven Strasburg that I feel really confident is going to make it through the end of the season because I have zero faith in Steven Strasburg. All right. What, how about how about some player? I know some names off the top of my head that I know are mm-hmm. on the on my bubble. So like Bruce Zimmerman. Yeah, I draw. I would draw. How about Zimmerman. Kyle Gibson? Not dropping Kyle Gibson. You know what? I I can't do this. When I looked at what he was doing, he's been the better version of the compiler, right? He's not giving up yep. home runs. He's getting the extra. And this is why, this is why I, I love where Simpanico with this said. You don't have to get volume through high rates. Sometimes you can achieve um, the totals through volume is what I mean to say. And Gibson, mm-hmm. when he's good, is, is good. And Philadelphia, the ballpark there, is playing very friendly to the pitchers, which I don't think people have caught onto just yet, looking for these kind of overs, overs, overs. Not to always be talking betting, but, you know, all these formats kind of work together. So, yeah, I came to the same thing with Gibson, where I had him circled for a drop, but he's a guy that I pulled back on. Mm-hmm. How about a guy like – how about one of the younger – like, I added Fado. It, this is my handicap work coming through. I'm on these guys very quick. I had Alex Fado, and now he's been like this – five-inning, one-run kind of guy? What would you do with a guy like that? You think there's potential? Detroit's going to look to stretch him, or that's the max that we're getting? I don't know that they're going to stretch him a ton. He's had some yeah. injuries in the minor leagues. and um, But I do I do like him, and I think he can be very useful. I love his pitching in the Central, and I love these pitching in Comerica. And, right. Um, that's a close one. I think I lean – I think I lean Strasburg there. That's but a toughie. That's it's a very, toughie. very. I, I could go either way. I would try to figure out if if I want to pick up Strasburg, I'd try to figure a way to keep both. Yeah. Um, hope, hopefully, you have another worst pitcher on your roster. Um, what about Jose Miranda, who was cut <sighs> in a lot of leagues? He was 100% rostered in NFBC. When I looked last night, he was 50% rostered. Um, he was sent down. Uh, when they brought Bryce Lewis, Bryce Lewis promptly gets hurt. They bring him back, and he has been on fire. Are you? What are you doing with Jose Miranda? You going to the well for him? I'm pulling my hair out. There's a clump behind my head that you can't see of missing hair. This is a guy that I like because of the potential. The opportunity, like you mentioned, was there. He played himself out of full-time playing time into a platoon. Just this Friday when I did my look ahead, he was a sit. Because the games that did not think the plate appearances were there. And of course he goes out and rips two ding-dongs right off the bat. After I started him in the beginning of the week, got Ugats, I benched him in the back end and didn't get it. And man, I really feel the fool. And sometimes I think there's a lesson. Again, we, we both wear our L's pretty much on our sleeves. 
maybe outsmart ourselves sometimes, maybe not. I think over the time, these decisions do lead to the optimal result. But man, under the magnifying glass, it stings. And now we're stuck because I had him circled as a drop, right? I've already dropped. Dalback's already dropped. My other kind of corner infielder guys are hard to drop, like Christian Walker. Very hard to drop Christian Walker. He's playing for the home run lead right now. G-Man Choi was a late corner infielder. Like, man, he's he's on the strong side. He's a great NFBC kind of guy. He's been hard to drop. So Miranda's, as much as I like him and want him to be a prospect superstar, is the guy who's getting ready to drop. And I'm not sure, Justin. I don't know. Because I don't I, think I think you got to hold him. I think you got to yeah, drop. I, you know what? I drop a G Man Joy. Here's the I worst love analysis. If I drop him, he'll be great, and if I don't, he'll be terrible. But I mean, yeah, I, I, Miranda. I know Miranda was awful in his first go around, um, but it wasn't like a lack of skills. It wasn't like his strikeout rate like like jumped. He was getting unlucky. Like he was just getting unlucky, and the Twins didn't have time to just wait around for him to turn it around. Um, but we've already seen that luck start to turn around. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be the most regretted drop um, of the season by people, uh, those who dropped him right after Royce Lewis came up. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to bet big on Miranda in leagues where I got fab. I think he is a you know 10 15%. Uh, of your remaining fab left guy, and you, you could even be more aggressive depending on how aggressive your league mates are typically. But yeah, if he's available in your league, I, I want to go get him because um, I think they're going to give him real run right here uh, with, with uh, you know, Sano still on the IL, with Kirloff down in the minor leagues. Um, I think he's going to get an opportunity, and he's starting to show why people were so excited about him just a month ago. Yeah, he checks all the boxes. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen because it, this is what I really – I try and be more careful with my predictions because I already got whips. This trading, we call it whipsawed. Meaning, like, I think something's going to go up, it goes down. So I reverse course, and then it reverses course. And it, that's when I'm usually just like, I usually let the next move happen. In the cases where I have him, I'm going to hold him. I don't think I'm going to reach to acquire him, but, but it's because I already have him. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I think there's something there. I'm not saying there's there's nothing, but I don't think I could take the heartbreak of having to spend now and it not working out. Mm-hmm. Speaking of a guy that has uh, broken hearts for many years, Franchi Cordero has <laughs> always been uh, a sleeper in fantasy leagues. People have been going to that well for what feels like a decade. Um, he's now 27 years old. And starting to actually play somewhat regularly in Boston, even has let off a little bit. Um, he's hitting. Is this a time to go get Franchi? I mean, if you're going to play every day for the Boston Red Sox, it's hard to say no. In particular, when we're talking about a Boston Red Sox team that is rolling right now, it's not, you know, right? We're not talking about a, oh, the Red Sox team is decimated with injuries and they're struggling to piece together an everyday lineup. They're one of the better. Teams in the entire in the entire league right now. I mean, they are rolling, especially as of as of late. They're crushing. I'm looking at my sheet of 132 WRC plus last seven. Yeah, they're rocking and rolling. I mean, 740 team OPS is good for like top five of the season. Boston offense is very good. I got Cordero. Is, he is playing every single day, and maybe even more important than anything, more so than it's nine in a row. He had a day off four before then, so that makes 13 out of 14. But more importantly is after the day off, Justin, there were three righties and a lefty. That fourth game would have been a perfect spot for him to sit, and he played. 
Mm-hmm. And I think one thing I've learned from really getting to the lineup thing, you know, really following Mike's, Carlin's work, and just the lineup, really understanding with the DH board, a lot more platooning and usage issues, I think, than normal. Understanding that there are intentions in these lineups a bit. And to me, that says something. Platoon player coming off of several days in a row, that was a perfect sit spot. And the fact that he's not sitting tells me they're put, you know, he's being prioritized. I think that's right. And if we're looking for opportunities, prioritization should be at the center of our analysis. So you got to air Cordero. This is killing me because uh, but Bobby Barrels is we're barreling the ball too. Damn it, Bobby. I'm killing me out here. I did not have that on my bingo card whatsoever. In fact, I have to say the Dalback L I've had to take is the strangest L. It's like a calligraphy L because we knew it could fail. We don't, yes, we knew that. But had you told me increasing like improvements in discipline, I say wow. But th- that happened. But we also stunk that it was batted ball quality and results that stunk. And it wasn't Tristan Casas, but Franchi Cordero that stuck the, yeah. the final nail at us, dude. That was a million to one. You know what I mean? Who had that one? When when uh, Casas didn't come up at the end of April, early May, I was like, oh, maybe Dahlbeck does have some saying part, but Courtland. I didn't have Cordero either on my bingo card. They added uh, Ramos. Remember that? Yeah. And that don't get me wrong, I didn't overreact to Ramos, but they were bringing in Ramos means Cordero is what Cordero was. Obvi- like, it was so obvious to me that they knew what we knew, that he was what he was, and nothing's changed in this world. And I don't know, man, what's happened in a couple weeks there, but something in the water, the dirty dog water, man, because he looks legit. You, you, I'm not into being stubborn. Especially with offense has been tough right now. You got to get with a guy with the opportunities. You know he's got yep. the best contextual surroundings possible, right? Yeah, he's got and a power. And forty-seven average is not even a sink anymore. So it's not at all. Uh, yeah. He's got power. He's got speed. Uh, he's playing every day. He's first base and outfield eligible in a lot of formats, <laughs> which is amazing. I love those guys infield, outfield eligibility. Yep. So uh, yeah, I, I'm he he is a target in just about every one of my leagues this week. John Birdie, this is your yearly. Uh, are you picking up John Birdie uh, uh, chance? Well, yes, and again, but it is in particular circumstances. I know middle infielder, so I have recently lost Tim Anderson in a lot of places. I also mm-hmm. lost John VR in a lot of places. So Tim Anderson was more shortstop. You can't put Birdie there. In places where you were able to get Anderson to the middle infield position, I think Birdie. I think Birdie works there. It's a, a bit rough. Like I'd rather not in the VR spots. I think Birdie is the guy I want to. I want to move in there. But yeah, I've been middle infielders this week. I've been scrambling for a few. So I had Birdie up there with like who's there? Like Andrew Velasquez is probably worth mentioning. I know some people are chasing Kyle Farmer. I'm a little bit worried we're on the way down of the sine wave. That maybe I was late. You know what, Alex Chamberlain, I actually I think he spoke about it on this show with you one time. He was talking about yeah, and it really makes a lot of sense intuitively. It's it's waves, people. You know, and if we're on like the end of the third week for a guy that's not like a proven tested hero, you probably missed the boat. You know, so I've been looking away from Farmer, but yeah, he's among those guys. Bernie, listen, man, playing every day, right? I like the eligibility. He's gonna run. The average is really low so far, I think, right? Uh, well, since returning from the IL on 527, he's hitting 267, 371, okay. 333 slug, uh, no home runs, five stolen bases in that time. Um, if you are stolen base needy, I think Birdie is, uh, yeah. for, for deeper leagues, obviously, 
Um, but he's playing every day, pretty much. Yep. He's you know he's played eight games in that stretch. Uh, you know, so I mean, yeah, I'm 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 grabbing birdie if I need speed. I think that's the you know if that's the uh, that's key there. Luis Garcia of the Nationals has returned. Um, this is one that I ranted about earlier on in the season because I didn't understand why I'll see this Escobar was playing every day when they got a guy like Luis Garcia in the minor leagues uh, that is still young, still needs to be given a chance. Are you grabbing Luis Garcia? Oh, yeah. This one is more of a yes. This was a servant. Um, again, I, I outsource all of the minor league stuff. I just assumed this was uh, service time manipulation because there was no reason that Escobar was starting on this team. I, I don't even want to get started with the Nationals. I, Juan Soto is my favorite player ever to not wear pinstripes and to see what they've done to the most promising part of the most promising career ever in history is off. It really is just awful. It's just awful. But anyway, this should be a nice boost to the Nats. I was hoping he was actually going to stink. He started. He's starting to put together some hits the last couple of days. I saw him rip a double. He had four. He had four ribbies the other day. So yeah, he's he's going to be a hot ticket. You got to hit him. In fact, I I think he is probably slotted atop that middle infield list if he's available. Absolutely. And I like Velasquez because again, Velasquez playing every day for the Angels, even though they're in a bit of a slide. That sign wave is going to pick back up. But yeah, I think you got to put Garcia first. Yeah, I, I would as well. He had, 314, 368, 531 triple slash with eight home runs and a stolen base in triple A this year. Uh, he should play every day. There's no reason for him to uh, be up and not be playing every day. So yeah. uh, Garcia is yeah, easily at the top of my middle infielder kind of uh, options. Uh, here's a blast from the past. Matt Carpenter's good again or something. Like, you, you're, you're a Yankees fan. What, what's going on here? Okay, well, I I am I am firmly behind the return of the vaudeville mustache in Major League Baseball. I want to be I want to be absolutely clear about this. The Spencer Striders, the Nesta Cortez, the Matt Carpenters. I am I I I wish we would mandate these mustaches. I think the quality of the game would go through the roof immediately. <laughs> now, all kidding aside, Matt Carpenter is a perfect example of the Yankees doing what I mentioned earlier, which is. Not being afraid of building a boat in the middle of the ocean, understanding that changes are happening within changes. They needed to find the left-handed swing in Yankee Stadium, and that's what they went and found. And that's exactly what they did. They, you know, you, it's so silly that Matt Carpenter is hitting home runs for the Yankees right now. I mean, it's just really ridiculous, but that's what it is because they found it's funny that he's the new Gallo, right? The the Yankees fell in love with Gallo because he checked all those cheap home run boxes. But now that we clipped that top bin of launch angle like we did before, Gallo is not Gallo. He's not a 47 home run Gallo. He's like a 28 home run Gallo. And a 28 home run Gallo that's going to bat 157 is not viable in the major leagues. Matt Carpenter is a much better version of that because he keeps it a bit lower. And we know he hits it hard when he gets a hold of it. There's zero pressure on him. And, man, the Yankees just found yeah, – that's what it is. I can't believe it's funny. I'm not even excited does he, the Yankees. Yeah. Does he play, though, with Stanton coming back now? Because he's only DH. Yeah, I, that's true. The Yankees have done – I can't believe I'm doing so much complimenting of them. They have done a phenomenal job of balancing playing time. A phenomenal job. I think I think they're the – they're the case study right now. They're they're the they're the the lodestar. That's what you want to be looking at because it it never feels like anybody sits for the Yankees, but everyone seems to play every day because they're rotating and stuff like that. So my gut tells me they're gonna find a spot for Carpenter here and there against righties 
in particular, if they can get Stanton in the outfield, and I mean Hicks has just been a real bane on the offense. And I like Aaron Hicks. You know, I've even I've always been kind of touting him as one of the most forgotten kind of draft and hold assets, maybe ever, right? A guy that might lead off for the Yankees, and we're like, ah, whatever. You know, but he stinks. That, that's why, because he's not he's not very good. But they give him enough opportunities, and I think that's what would have to come from. And it might just be a split thing, right? You might just see Carpenter just get spot starts against righties that they think he could take yard. But I think he's yeah. smart. I think he's a DFS guy, you know? I think it's fair. Um, let's see. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left here uh, before I got to let you go. Oscar Hernandez, is he a guy you're going to the well for right now? This is another one. He's on my list that I, I actually have heard of this morning, but I have to do a little bit more research. Uh, they've... They, they throw me up. Wait, 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 wait. It's not Oscar Gonzalez. Were you, were you, tro- were you trolling me? I, oh, I, sorry. Oscar... <gasps> I bet. bought this yep. one. It you was. See, one. see what there happens, people? You see? Justin is playing 4D chess with me right now. I was. I already have a black and blue on my face from the first break I stepped on. I was not going to happen to this on the second time around. No, but that one is, again, it takes so – Justin, this is actually, even in our errors, which are honest and well-meaning, there's lessons there. It takes a village to do this stuff. It really does. To cover baseball seven days a week and have a, a life, like a human life, a family in particular, is almost impossible to do alone. And I think that's if, if that's our lesson from it, that's it. I've had to dive into it. I was a bit surprised that the Guardians kind of went and found everyday playing time and – it's kind of come at the expense of Stephen Kwan, which kind of hurts a bit, right? We've seen them kind of try and get Palacios some burn. So I think my gut was telling me Gonzalez would have to suffer as far as playing time. But right now he's on like a nine-game run. He's playing every single day. So I'm not 100% sure what to make of it. I really am not, Justin. I mean, Straw is still playing, so they're rotating. But I don't know. Maybe he's a good – like he's the good last conditional bid because I'm not sure what we're going to get. What do you expect? Um, I expect the strikeout rate to go through the roof. Um, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, I'm going to use Eric Loggenhagen's uh, notes on this one. He has plus power, but he swings at everything. And if you look at what he's doing, he is swinging 80% of the time in the zone. Wow. He is just, he's like, is that in the zone? Swinging. Is that, is, <laughs> is that close? Swinging. Uh, at some point, teams are just going to go out of the zone on him and, and make him, uh, make him chase. This is not going to end well. I'm not going after uh, Oscar Gonzalez, um, and I apologize to him for calling him Hernandez. That was my mistake. <laughs> it, listen, it, it can be very, it's very tough. It really is. It's very tough. Um, let's see. Uh, Lane Thomas hit three home runs, equaling what he had done for the season after I dropped him in a number of leagues. Are you picking Lane Thomas back up? No, and this is this just stinks, man. He was the second black eye from Friday. I had people bench Miranda, and I had people bench Lane Thomas because of the platooning there. And it, it's you know it was pretty pretty strict platoons. And if you're trying to maximize your playing time, you know that's what you're that's what you were avoiding. And now Lane Thomas did that right. He had sat against uh, three consecutive righties. Actually, I'm sorry, he sat against. Righties, five consecutive games, Justin. I'm sorry, five times in eight games he sat. All five times of righties, the other three were lefties. So when I saw there were two righties on the weekend schedule, I wasn't going to have people play Lane Thomas for one game. 
And he ended up being one of the guys you needed to have this weekend. Really unfortunate. But no, I don't I don't think that's gonna play him into it. But why do you think maybe we're seeing a sea change as far as playing time? No. It could be. No. I, I mean I think he got to face Mike Minor in Cincinnati. Yeah. Maybe I'll tell you what though, maybe that was my mistake is I don't think I've been pushing up Cincinnati where I need to. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's almost like cores right now. There yeah, isn't a game that stays on the 15 runs in that ballpark right now at all. Yeah. Um, last one, uh, Nick Senzel, uh, has returned. He is, uh, you know, in a great park in Cincinnati. Yeah. He leads off sometimes. You interested in Nick Senzel? Oh, he, I, I always, I always was, you know, I thought it, we mentioned fantasy tools and players that may lack them. Senzel has them in abundance, you know, and we seen that when he's not hitting for power, he'll get on and run, uh, but it's, how how long will the opportunities be there? The thing that I like about it is when he is available, they just run him out there every day. I mean, he plays every day, lefty righty does not matter one bit to them, and he's constantly in the top third of the lineup. So Nick Senzel is a is a must 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 add. I mean, if even I guess he's a bubble in ten teamers. Maybe not if it's five outfielders. Like that's kind of what I think of Nick Senzel. He's he's a really must add. And when he gets hurt next week, then you can drop. And exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think you pick him up, you ride it for as long as he's because we're now at a point in Cincinnati where they're not overloaded with outfielders. Right. So like he's he's not he's going to play every day. Um, he has the tools to be great. He just gets hurt all the time. Yeah. So you just drop him once he gets hurt and you move on to the next guy. Yeah, but it's I, been I, rough so far, but I think you think it's gonna I mean, I think it's gonna come, right? Do you as your I guess I put that assumption on you. Do yeah. you think because he struggled so far, but again, it's we're still he's still getting ramped up, really, to be honest, you know. So I want to be patient with a guy like him. I can see underlying, him the underlying skills are fine. Like yeah. he's striking out twenty percent of the time. His own contact is ninety one percent right yeah, now. That's like good. Uh, he plays in Cincinnati. He, you know, hits in good spots in the lineup. Like I think, every, everything you look for in a guy who could break out is right there with Nick Senzel. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm totally fine, uh, kind of riding through what he's doing right now, and because I yeah. think there will be goodness coming. I, I just always want to bet on a guy like Senzel. Yeah, he could, he could change the trajectory of your season. You know. Yep. John, thank you so much for joining awesome. me. Uh, remind everybody where you can reach on social media and plug all your work again. Yes, Justin, thank you so much, man. This show, I'm just trying to save the the end for me to geek out. Gosh, you know, I'm a tremendous fan, not just of you, the analyst, but you, the man. You're an awesome dude. And becoming a friend of yours has really been one of the cooler perks of this industry of ours. And people, Justin's as cool, if not cooler, probably cooler because you get more F-bombs, you know, and more like dirty (laughs) jokes, which is really more up my alley because for me, it's a struggle to behave. So Justin, really, it's awesome. And just to even be thought in the breath of you and like Paul and Jason is really, really so cool because I never miss your stuff. And I also never get on the air with you without mentioning that when I went through a several year arduous recovery, you guys were there, you know, for for me. And I, I think you reach out to a lot of people in a way that maybe you don't think about sometimes. And your consistency is where I was going with this before I could plug my own stupid stuff. You can't find me. Just open your ears. Justin's what Justin does and how he's not recognized is probably more important. And it's we're in the point of the season now where people are beginning to fade and not just quantity and quality, but the intangibles, the energy level, the good attitude, the smile, you know, just the passion. 
And I know it because you can't fake this kind of funk, right? So, right, you know what I'm saying? You can't, I, I know it when I see it. And dude, you've always been my guy for that because I can't tell from your broadcast if it's May, if it's October, if it's Christmas Day. Legit. And that's why we love you so, so much, man. But your stuff's great, you know, because you are you just bring it, man. You bring the heat. You bring the fastball every time. We didn't have a single damn note. One word, the word baseball didn't even have a period on the end of it, right? Didn't even have a day. Didn't, it wasn't even a bullet point. I didn't even have – we didn't even have a bullet point, and yet, boom, that was as good as she gets. Oh, whatever. Uh, Twitter, MLB moving averages. If you're into betting, but also I really like to push the fantasy stuff. I do game write-ups and algo scores, imply team totals. You just may want to look at it and see what's going on because, you know, I, I'm putting work out for free that really is generally paywalled. It's been paywalled for years. People have been had to pay hundreds of dollars for stuff. And now I'm just like, here, here you go. But I'm, I have a Patreon page, but I, I haven't taken any money. It's free. I just, I'm just, they make you open a jar so you can keep the page open, but they're just hosting my stuff. So on a Patreon, it's also MLB moving averages. And again, write-ups. I do my starting pitcher matrix every day. These advanced sheets. It's, it's really awesome. So just check it out. Follow it. It's all on Twitter, whatever. And I'm on Mayo Media Net. Check out that show. Again, it's a lot of fun and it's quick, you know, and I think it's something Justin talks about again to tie in his goodness is this game, you uh, you got to take little nibbles throughout the week. And yep. we mentioned that with Fab also. To try and do all the work at once, it just can't be done. You, it, it, It's a I – mean, and we're not saying every day. You need to spend all day every day without stop. No, but if you take 10 minutes a day or – that's it. On a walk or something, you'll be so sharp. The names are there. The teams are there. The trends are there. So that's the last thing. Justin, thank you so much, man. Such a, I'm so flattered being here all the time, man. Thanks so much. Oh, man, it's always great to have yeah. you on. Uh, definitely go follow John over at MLB Moving Average. Follow all his work. Listen to the pod. Uh, you can be on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. Uh, hear me on the sleeper and the bust, obviously. Uh, TGFBI and the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast. Uh, and I'm um, writing daily over fan graphs. And that will wrap us up for John and myself. Thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season. <laughs>